from Seattle, Washington. I'm Zach Jabal, and this is Next Round, a VinePair podcast conversation. We're bringing you these conversations between our regular podcast episodes in order to examine how we move forward as a drinks business during the COVID-19 crisis. Today, I'm talking with Becky Ryman and Logan Ackerley from Wall and Pop Pack Brewing Company in Holly, Pennsylvania. Uh, thank you both for joining. And, and first of all, where is Holly, Pennsylvania? Thank you for having us. Um, so Holly, Pennsylvania is located in Northeast PA. Um, so we're over on the East Coast and uh, we're, we're out in the Poconos, so the Pocono Mountain regions near Lake Wall and Paul Pack, which is the third largest lake in the state of Pennsylvania. Gotcha. What's like the nearest town that most of us who don't live in Pennsylvania would have heard of? Um, so if you've watched The Office, you'll know Scranton. Ah, <laughs> so, um, that's actually where I went to college. It's about uh, 40 minutes from Holly. Excellent. And can can each of you, maybe starting with you, Becky, explain kind of how you got into into the craft brewing world? Sure. So um, my story is a little bit unconventional. So I come more from the business world. Um, as I mentioned, I went to the University of Scranton. I'm actually a CPA. And um, a cousin of mine started a brewery called uh, Market, Market 48 in Hernando County in Florida. And um, he sort of did it as a side business and um, just something that he thought, you know, his community would enjoy. Um, he was really interested in beer. And I had always wanted my own company. I wanted to be a CEO and um, run something that I would be really passionate about. And I kind of fell in love with craft beer through his influence um, and just kind of got into it on my own and just loved the industry, loved the people, loved the vibe and um, dabbled in homebrewing a little bit, um, enough to be dangerous, but not enough to do what Logan does for me every day. Um, but to be a good partner to him on the business side. And, um, three years ago we opened the doors and it's, it's been a whirlwind ever since. Gotcha. And Logan, how about you? How did you get into beer? Uh, so mine was probably, uh, just a little after college, a brewery opened up probably two miles from my school. And, uh, my buddy and I would, we would just go and, as customers and, you know, have a couple beers every once in a while. And, uh, they ended up needing some help behind the bar. So I, we both got jobs there as bartenders and then I kind of just worked my way up through the ranks. Gotcha. And so how did you two kind of get connected? Um, so we had had a brewer at the time and, um, you know, quickly we realized that, you know, when we first opened, um, that it was going to be a little bit bigger than we'd anticipated and had advertised for some, uh, initial, you know, help in the brewery. So Logan came to us um, with lots of experience and all the things we were looking for. Uh, actually, right before we opened, right, Logan? Yep. Um, we were kind of in here early. And uh, our first brewer actually left for another opportunity. And Logan stuck it out and became our head brewer and has run our brewery now for about uh, two and a half years, I guess it's been, right? Yeah, just about. As head brewer. Gotcha. And so, you know, one thing before we get into some of the specifics about how you all have been dealing with uh, the pandemic and all that is, you know, we've talked to a lot of uh, of breweries on on here, but I would say the vast majority of them have been, you know, in big cities for the most part, or at least pretty good sized cities. And you guys are are kind of more of a, my understanding is you're definitely, you know, as I said, in the Poconos, it's a little more, um, you know, out in the country. What is it like to have a craft brewery in a space like that? You know, what is, what is your, what's your clientele like? Do they come, you know, maybe pre COVID or, or, or now, you know, where do they come from? Are they, are they mostly locals? Are they a lot of people who are visiting the region, um, you know, for vacations? Like how, how does that, how does that work? Yeah, so we're super seasonal here. Um, a lot of that has to do with the lake and, you know, how things change throughout the year, um, you know, outside of the building. So um, the summer, the population around here pretty much quadruples. So we get tons of visitors from everywhere. Um, a lot of people actually come from as far as like Maryland, Delaware, 
a lot of second homes in this area. So, um, you know, insofar as we're not a city around in the summer, we kind of become one. Um, it gets pretty populated up here. And um, a lot of the flow throughout the rest of the year, we do get people from, you know, the Scranton area, Wilkes-Barre, that way. And we're very close to the New York and New Jersey borders. So um, I actually live over in New York because it's only about 20 miles away. Um, Logan's actually from New York, too. So we do pull a lot of influence from New York. And then we also pull a lot of visitors from New Jersey because we're kind of located in what's called the tri-state area. So even though we don't have a big population here year round, um, throughout the rest of the year, we have a huge support from the local community. Um, our local community is awesome. They come in all four seasons. Um, and then throughout the rest of the year, we do get more of that transient, you know, visitor population and the second homeowners. So, so what have, what, what's the last six, seven months been like for you all? I mean, obviously, um, you probably didn't have the summer you anticipated. Um, kind of how is that? How has that gone? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a little bit funny. So you know, March was certainly you know um, scary. <laughs> I mean, it started out that you know every I think Sunday's hour we were getting new information about what we had to do, what we couldn't do, what we could do. You know, um, there was certainly a lot of confusion and you know a lot of communication in house to keep on top of the ever changing regulations. And, rules that just seemed like they were constantly flowing. It was like a fire hose. Um, and, you know, we did unfortunately have to make some decisions in-house to, you know, lay off some of our employees, but we tried to do it quickly, you know, kind of rip the band-aid to make sure we were here long-term. Um, and my staff was super understanding and we got through that really well, I think. Um, and right away, you know, we realized we had just canned a bunch of beer and had a pretty full cooler and we needed to find a way to move it, you know? So um, my team really pulled together. I mean, everyone showed up and like really worked hard every day to come up with ways to get through it. Um, and we, we worked real hard on our to-go side and just pushed takeout, pushed all the to-go beer. Fortunately, our market sales stayed pretty solid throughout this. Um, and that's, that was like a, a big carrier for us early on in those um, couple of months. But you know, by June, we were able to start getting open. And although we didn't have the summer, we had hoped with, you know, lots of people in the brew pub elbow to elbow, cheersing beer glasses, um, we certainly still had a lot of support on the takeout side. Um, the population up here was very large this summer. I think every home on the lake was um, occupied. I think every dock slip on the lake was occupied. There are literally thousands of boats on Lake Wallenfall Pack. So um, people were really seeking that outdoor adventure you know, kind of uh, open space sort of a climate to spend their summer. So we actually had a solid summer, uh, despite everything, which we're, we're super grateful for. Gotcha. So Logan, I'm curious as a brewer, you know, one thing that we've certainly uh, seen and heard from from breweries across the country is, you know, with a shift, uh, at least for you know, for most of them, um, to some extent away from the tap room and into, you know, bottling and canning beer, you know, that, that has different you know, realities. Have you had to change anything as far as your production or your recipe or anything to kind of accommodate a reality where, you know, less of your beer is being served on draft and more of it is is in can or bottle? I mean, we haven't had to change too much uh, other than, I mean, logistics. Uh, it's, you know, we don't have our own canning line. We use mobile canning. So we have to schedule canning runs, you know, at least a month in advance uh, with the canning company. And then obviously we have to produce that beer, make sure we have tanks to move it and carbonate it and can off of. But we've actually had three of our top five biggest production months in the last uh, four months. And so it's been crazy on our side. 
Um, we've been busy with pumping out a ton of cans, uh, brewing uh, more than we ever have. So uh, in terms of, it, we haven't really had to change the way we do things. We've just had to do it a lot more. Gotcha. And, you know, one thing you mentioned in another another piece of this that I'm curious about is, you know, uh, Becky mentioned kind of, you know, you didn't get to have people packed into the into the tap room, elbow to elbow. You know, one of the things that we've heard from from craft breweries, from drinkers alike is, you know, a thing that they love about craft beer, beer in general, but I think specifically craft beer is that sort of convivial communal um, experience. You know, what have you been able to do to kind of at least have some of that? And, and then especially moving forward into fall, winter, when when outdoor spaces are either not accessible or, or at least only for the, the very hardy, you know, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, so kind of um, playing on my comment before that I had made, you know, we, we really got creative um, back in COVID throughout the summer. And um, that's kind of our plan to continue this winter. Um, we did some things like quarantine packs, um, take-home beer dinners. So we tried to sort of take the experiences that people enjoy about our brewery, like variety of beer and, um, you know, socialization at a, a beer pairing, you know, food event where we do food and beer and have conversation um, and sort of encapsulate those experiences into, you know, a piece where people can take that home and still get a piece of that. And we did a lot of like videos on social um and trying to just come up with different ways to like kind of say, hey, we're still here. These are still the faces you see, you know, at the brew pub when you come to visit. And, um, you know, we're thinking about you. We appreciate you buying our products, supporting us, you know, during these really hard times. And um, just kind of like engage more on social media and just keep that conversation flowing and, you know, keep our our beers, ourselves, our, you know, our whole brand relevant. It was, it was quite a, a group effort on that front. And can you go into a little more detail? Like what are the quarantine packs? Like how, how is that different than what you were offering previously? Yeah. So we, you know, in-house we would do flights, you know, we, we do tastings, um, all that kind of stuff. So people, you know, we pride ourselves in having a really robust tap list. Logan does an awesome job of exploring different styles. If you come in, you know, we're not just a hazy double IPA brewery. We dabble in that style, but you know, we do loggers. We have a cream ale that's a flagship. Um, our Hefeweizen stuck around for a really long time is, you know, practically a flagship now too. So um, we do do a really nice breadth of beer styles. So with the quarantine packs, um, it just so happened we had, you know, a certain amount of beers. It was uh, 15 beers at the time in cans because, like I said, we just came off a pretty heavy uh, brewing and canning cycle prepping for spring um, when we would get busier. And we were able to put together these boxes. So you got a can of each beer. Um, each beer you would drink one per day because, you know, when all this started, they said, oh, you know, 14 days of quarantine, you'll be fine. Um, so gotcha. we ended up putting a 15th beer in there to cheers on the last day, you know, and hope we all made it through the 14 days. And um, it actually turned into this pretty neat thing. And each day we did a video um, featuring different staff members and we'd post it. So you could like virtually, you know, cheers with, with us at, you know, five o'clock every day. We did some virtual happy hours too in conjunction with it. So um, people really enjoyed that. They enjoyed that like remote socialization, um, the ability to hear about these beers, like from our perspective each day. Uh, whether it was in a funny way that we presented it or a more serious way, you know, having a conversation about what the beer was about. But um, it was it was pretty cool. Like people really got behind it. And um, it was just a neat way to give them some variety, explore our beers, you know, in the sense that they couldn't come in and actually do that. Gotcha. And then I think, you know, um, our own Kat Walensky, who, who's the person who connected us and I think was visiting a, you guys a couple of weeks ago mentioned, you also did some like kind of um, take home homebrew kits. Is that right? Yeah, Logan, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so um, 
uh, as part of part of the videos that we were doing with the quarantine packs, uh, we ended up basically taking you through a couple brews on our pilot system. So we to give people we figured people you know the quarantine lasted longer than the two weeks they said as we all know. So we figured people were probably looking for something to do uh, while they're stuck at home. So we put together these homebrew kits, um, which what gave you know all the grain and hops um, for a recipe that we wrote for an IPA because um, everybody loves those. And we put those together, sold them, um, and then let them. We recorded a video so that they could brew along with us um, while we were while uh, they were doing it at home. So those went over pretty well. Uh, we have a really a couple uh, good homebrew clubs around here, so uh, they seem to really enjoy them and uh, kept people busy. Gotcha. You weren't worried about uh, you know creating competition. <laughs> Never. This industry, <laughs> that's the best thing about this industry is that we work together better than probably any other industry I, I know. Of, so gotcha. I don't, I don't, I'm not too worried about somebody wants to make more beer. I'll gladly drink it. And, and is that something where you, you feel like, I don't know, I kind of envision you like uh, down the road, like, you know, we need to hire someone else. Maybe it's someone who's already got some experience working with your recipes. Hey, that's not a bad idea. We are, uh, <laughs> potentially looking for some more help in the brewery in the coming months. So well, there you go. Keep an eye out for that. Who needs, who needs online job listings when you have this podcast? <laughs> there you go. Uh, I wanted to ask another question. Um, that's kind of just about this, uh, you know, kind of experimentation and, and connection, which is, you know, uh, Becky mentioned, actually you both mentioned doing sort of uh, online engagement via social media. Have you also done some like, uh, you know, kind of whatever zoom, tastings or things like that or, or do you find that it's just more it's just easier or more or more effective to post on social um we did some like online uh, happy hours through facebook live um just kind of so it was open to anyone who wanted to participate or they could you know replay it later um we did leave it open for like questions you know ask the brewer kind of a thing um we got pretty good reception from that we did that a few times and you know it was nice with everything open this summer we were able to see our customers you know all of our friends we've made um, you know, through the industry this summer, but you know, we're we're all kind of a little fearful, I think, um, that as things start to get moved inside again, we're gonna lose that. So we have been talking about, you know, revitalizing, especially things like that, you know, these online happy hours and stuff, just in the event that people don't wanna come out or, you know, are a little bit trepidatious about it, we can still engage again. So um yeah, it was definitely a good way to to keep people engaged. And then uh, either the easiest or hardest question I'll ask, depending on your perspective. Can each of you tell me what your favorite beer of yours is right now? Well, for me right now, uh, we actually just released it last Friday. I, we did a Dortmunder lager, which is just a nice pale traditional German style lager. But then we took that and threw it in Chardonnay barrels for four weeks. Um, so not a ton of time where it's going to pick up a lot of the oaky character, but uh, you get just a little bit of the oak and a little bit of the, the wine grape, um, all in a nice light lager. So it's just really drinkable. And I love traditional lagers. So, uh, it's perfect for me. Awesome. Becky, how about you? I'm currently drinking our wet hop farmhouse ale. So every fall we get a really nice hop harvest from a local, uh, hop farm called Avery Mountain Vines and Twines. So they're up in Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania. 
about an hour from us. Um, and this year, Logan, myself, um, one of our assistant brewers, John, and our operations manager, Sean, actually got to go to the farm and participate in the harvest. So we were actually helping, you know, pick the vines that we wanted for the beer, um, watch them go through the machine to pull them all off. We were sorting out leaves and everything else that came along with them um, and actually bagging them right alongside the farmers that grew them, which was like a really awesome experience. So um, I'm pretty partial to this one for having that experience with them, but also because I think this is the best farmhouse sale we've come out with. Um, really having some high hopes, maybe doing some uh, competitions with this beer this year. So this is definitely right now my uh, my go-to. Very cool. And then last question for, for you guys. Um, if people are interested in the beer, I mean, obviously they they can come to Holly, uh, Pennsylvania and, and check out the brewery, but are, are you available uh, either in, you know, sort of in the state or regionally or, or what, uh, you know, if people are interested in the beer, how do they get their hands on it? So regionally right now, um, we're self-distributed in eight counties. Um, so it's mostly the Northeast uh, part of Pennsylvania down into uh, sort of the Allentown areas where we kind of stop for now. Um, we are actually launching uh, by the end of uh, October our online beer sales within the state of Pennsylvania. So we will be able to ship direct to your home um, if you are within the state by the end of the month. So that's that's a big deal for us. We're pretty excited. We were hoping to launch it this summer, but um, like it's a little busier than we'd expected and anticipated, which was a great thing. Um, but we do have the product now planned for the winter to get that going. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much. Really appreciate the time and, and the insight. And, and it's cool to hear about some of the really creative ways you're connecting to the community, uh, even when, you know, it's a little more difficult than, than in years past. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out. We'll, uh, for those, those of uh, the listeners who are in Pennsylvania, check out, the, check out the brewery, check out the online sales. And, uh, and thank you again, both so much for your time. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Bear Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vinepair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Vinepair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vinepair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.